Good morning and welcome again. We are um, wrapping up a two-week uh, emphasis on missions, and um, we have a special treat here today to hear from one of our families that has crossed cultures and uh, is sent out from here. And so um, I'm going to get to it and get out of the way so we can hear from them. Um, but I want us to pray first for another church in our area. Uh, we do that here every week, or every, most every week, to pray for another church uh, and what God is doing through them. Uh, I want to pray for Fellowship Bible Church, and Travis Chappelle is their pastor. Um, they are like-minded in that they preach expositorily. Um, they are, um, he's a good, faithful Bible preacher. They hold the Word of God high, but they also are on mission. And um, they have that, that plays out for them um, very clearly that they are sent and on mission, and so we are like-minded with them. I want to pray for them that they will be salty and bright, as we will be salty and bright this week as well. Let's pray with me for Fellowship Bible. God, we lift up Fellowship Bible Church to you, a teammate in this area, um, being salt and light and on mission for your glory. We pray that you would continue to use them and call them and remind them um, to be about that work of being salty and bright and sent. I pray that for us today. We pray for Travis as he uh, preaches this morning that you would um, use him, keep his mind clear, keep his words true as he preaches and exposes your word. We pray that uh, both Fellowship Bible Church and Crosspoint Fellowship would be transformed by what we hear from your word today and that we would leave here changed and sent and on mission. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Last week we looked at Matthew 5 and Matthew 9, and we looked at Jesus' commission to us as he tells us we are salt and we are light. And we looked at briefly what does mission even mean. Mission means to be sent. It means to be sent away from here and sent into the world, the earth. And so if we're going to be salt and light, if we're going to have an impact, if we're going to enhance the world around us, yes, we saw last week, it's because we have compassion. We have compassion for those that are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, just like Jesus did. And he healed, and he soothed, and he taught, and he helped, and he assisted, because he's salty. And then he had light. He had forgiveness of sin that he was offering. And so now we are salt and we are light. It begs this question. Is that the only reason why we're to be salt and light? I think it's very important that we answer that question. Why? Why be salt and light? Just because we're compassionate? Or just because Jesus said so? Those are great reasons to be salt and light. But I think there's a, a more important answer to why in the world would we move towards a world that's lost? Why would we move towards those harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd? Why would we care about anyone that's never heard the name of Jesus? Why in the world would we do that? I think the Bible gives us that answer. Throughout Scripture, we see that God is concerned about His name and his fame, and he is concerned about his fame and his name among all peoples. 
all nations. You see it when it starts in Genesis, Genesis 12, when he calls Abraham to go. He tells Abraham, I'm going to bless you because you're going to bless the nations. You're going to bless the nations because Jesus will come from your line. You will be a blessing to the nations. God has his eye on and his target. All peoples, all nations, all tongues. Just a brief survey. You don't have to turn to these passages, but I want to read them. And I want us to read them together. They'll be on the screen. But um, he makes this very clear in the prophets. In Isaiah 48, 9 through 11. Let me turn there. Isaiah 48, 9 through 11. He has disciplined his people. They have not listened to him uh, again. And he has corrected them and disciplined them and given them instruction. And then it comes to the reason why he would restore them. Why would he come back and once again restore them? And this is what he says in Isaiah 48, 9. This is why. Here's the why. For my name's sake, I defer my anger. For the sake of my praise, I restrain it for you. I may not cut you off. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. Why? For my own sake. For my own sake I do it. For how should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another. That's our why. Why do we move out on mission? Because God is concerned about his name, his fame, among all peoples. Again in Ezekiel. Ezekiel 36. Similarly, Israel has walked again and kindled his anger, and he's instructed them and disciplined them and brought them back again in forgiveness. Listen to what he said. I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned against among the nations to which they came. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know this, that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when through you I will vindicate my holiness through their eyes. God moves towards his people with restoration and salvation in the Old Testament. He moves towards them with forgiveness and grace and patience once again. Why? For his name's sake. For his glory among all nations. Do you see it? You're familiar with Daniel in the lion's den. Probably everybody in here knows that story. And in Daniel chapter 6, I'm just going to read the very end, the very last bit of that chapter in Daniel chapter 6. Because Daniel is a faithful guy, right? He, he doesn't bow down to the decree that the king set out, that the king would be worshipped. And, and Daniel is faithful to continue to worship and pray to the one true God. And he is faithful and he's brave. He has courage. And he does that and it gets him thrown into the lion's den, right? So what happens? God moves towards Daniel. He, it's a miracle and he shuts the mouths of the lions and Daniel is not harmed. God blesses him, right? He's pouring out his blessing on his people. Once again, he moves towards Daniel with salvation and rescue and deliverance. 
But is it just so that Daniel's faithfulness and bravery will be on display? Is that story just telling us, hey, be faithful and brave and God will come through? Maybe, partly. But the real reason that he saves Daniel, the real reason that he delivers and rescues Daniel is, is right there in 25 and 27. Listen to what the king does. Once Daniel is saved, listen to what the king does. The king Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, languages that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is a living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed. His dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and he rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So did he save Daniel so that we would have this great example of faithfulness and bravery? Partly, maybe. He saved Daniel because he wanted that decree written. Do you see it? He knew Darius was going to write a decree. And where, where is the target? What's the target of this new decree? Don't worship me anymore. You fear and tremble the God of Daniel. And so who gets the credit? Who gets the glory? Who gets the worship? God does. That is how he has moved towards his people. And that's the why he has moved towards his people. Because he is zealous for his name. And he is zealous for his name among all peoples. The cool thing for us in Matthew 28, the neat thing for us is we have a commission. Daniel, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Israel, they were not commissioned to cross cultures. God had a people, a nation, one nation that he had revealed himself to. And the cool thing for us, the humbling thing for us, and the exciting thing for us today is that we live in the age of Christianity. Now, what I'm saying to you is very elemental, right? It's fundamental. But we need to remember. We need to remember what he's called us to and where and why we're living now while we're living. Because Israel had no commission, but now God is not for one group of people. He is, wanted his name famous among all nations all along. And now we get to be a part of proclaiming and declaring his fame among all peoples. Look at Matthew 28. Look at this. Look for the word all in here. Okay, look for the word all, how many alls are in here. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the end of the age. And so this culmination of the incarnation of Jesus, Jesus comes. And, and many, most of his people reject him. And he says, this is going out to the nations now, the Gentiles. I am for everyone. I will save people from all nations. I want my name known. I want to be worshipped. I want to be famous among all peoples. It's no longer just for Israel. And I don't have the pointer or the really nice artwork that Ben does this morning. But you've seen his timelines, right? His historical timelines. We live in a time of commission. 
How humbling is that? That he would allow us to be a part of making his name great, not just for one people, but for the nations. And the nations will know of him. Why? Because we are salty and bright. Because we're salty and bright where we're planted, and we have a burden, just like God does, for his name among the nations. It makes sense that if God, if God has this burden, and he has this mission to be known around all the world, among all languages, that that would be our burden as well. That we would be burdened for the nations. Now, we finally get to the passage for the morning that I'll, we'll look at. I want you to turn to Acts 1.8. Because Jesus helps us here see what this looks like once again. This is the last thing that Jesus says to the disciples before he ascends. And Damascus read this just a little earlier. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. Here's what Jesus is saying here. This is not multiple choice. Okay? This is not a multiple choice for his followers. You will, through the church, you will be my witnesses. What does witness mean? It means to testify. You will tell of Jesus. Testify, witness. You will tell of the good news that Jesus has saved and come for both the faithful like Daniel and the faith little like many of Israel. He's, he's come to save both. The faithful and the faith little. Because it's not about your merit. You don't earn it. Jesus has come despite his anger, despite what we deserve. Jesus has come and that good news is what you will testify to. You will witness to it. You you will preach it. You will tell of it. And the nations will worship me. Because, see, it's never been more true than, than, than this morning. And, and what we're looking at right now is that missions exist because worship doesn't. John Piper coined that phrase years ago. But do you see it? Missions exist because worship does not exist. We are on mission because there are people this morning who do not worship him. Here in Greenville. We're on mission because there are people who do not worship him across the state. There are pockets in our nation that are lacking churches that are preaching this gospel. There are places in Canada, South America, and then there are places that are extremely difficult where there is zero church. No one knows anything about this news. And God is burdened. And God has given us a mission to proclaim and testify to Jesus Look at the passage, both and. You see it? You will testify, my witness is both, and in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts. It's a both and mission. A both and mission where we are burdened for right where we live with compassion, with compassion, with salt. And we are burdened with forgiveness of sins on our tongue. And we are also burdened 
for the unreached places, for the other side of the planet. It just makes sense that his people would have the same burden and desire that he has. A life aligned with a desire for his glory will be burdened for his unrecognized glory. Let me say that again. A life aligned with, his, for, with a desire for his glory will be burdened for his unrecognized glory overseas, among all nations, in Greenville, in Caddo, Campbell, and everywhere else in between. That will be our mission. That will be our burden. Some he calls to cross cultures, right? You've known people, you've known families that, that move their family and they go and live amongst other cultures and other languages to be salt and to be light. How does that happen? You may be asking, what, what happens there? How do you know, right? How do you, how do you know if, where you're, if you're going where you're supposed to be going? How do you know that? And I think for us as Americans, it's according to Acts 1.8 and what Jesus is implying here, I think it would do us well to adopt the mentality to go until you're called to stay. Instead, many of us say, well, I'm going to stay right here until I'm called to do something or called to go. And church, we've been already called. We've been commissioned to be salt and light here all around us and to the ends of the earth and to play a part in that and have a burden for it and a desire for it. And so if we adopt that mentality of going until he calls us to stay, maybe he may call one of us. He may call some of you to move. To move to a pocket of the nation that you're burdened for because there's not a church there in that county or there's not enough churches in that county. Or maybe he'll call you to another country. He will never do that and you will never do that until you are burdened for his glory among all peoples. That won't happen. It is a global mission. Global and local. A global mission. I think there's two things. This is the application. I think there's two reasons why we may may lack a burden for the nations. I think there's, there's a couple reasons at least that we may lack a burden for the nations. And we saw one of them last week. And I think that we lack a burden for God's glory among all peoples when we lack a burden for his unrecognized glory here. If we're not burdened to be salt and light here in your neighborhood, across the planet, on the other side of the planet. And the second thing is, out of sight, out of mind. This is such a real threat for us. Number, number one, because we're so busy, right? We, we live in a culture of busyness where it's almost a badge if you're busy. The badge of pride, right? Yeah, I'm a busy guy. I'm working hard. I'm doing a lot. We live in affluence and are surrounded by opportunity and we are in a culture of busyness and it makes it difficult to remember that God is passionate about his fame and his renown in China, in the Middle East, everywhere. That's what he's up to. That's why we're on mission. That's why we're called. And it's hard when it's out of sight, out of mind. And I don't mean just what you see in the media, but it takes some discipline, right? Just like, um, well, you've seen, you've heard 
from this pulpit many times, an encouragement to, for, to use a Bible reading program, right? And just like having a Bible reading program helps keep the Word in front of you, I think we have to be disciplined to keep God's global mission in front of us. There are many resources, many resources out there to keep that in front of us, but we should be a people that remind one another of that, right? We should be a people that remind you, they hear us pray, they hear us speak, they hear us burdened for God's glory among all peoples. What every missionary that I've ever met would say to you this morning that lives in another country, that lives among unreached people groups, if you were to say, what can we do? What can we do to stay connected and help? Everyone that I've met, sure, give to missions. We're having our, our CF missions offering this morning. They would say, give to missions. That's a good thing. Support it. Because you won't support it if you're not burdened or you'll do it out of guilt. But one of the, thing, the thing that they would say the most is to pray for the work that they're involved in. Pray. Prayer is the work. Lift them up. You are connected to them when you pray for them. You are being used on mission globally when you lift up. It's hard to pray for people when you're uninformed, right? Informed prayers help, and there are resources all around us to help us pray informed prayers for what God is doing around the world, for his namesake, for his glory. In just a minute, um, our, the family that we have sent out is coming to do three things. They're going to teach and share and then lead us in the Lord's Supper. But before that, I want you to see this video it's a prayer video, and it's one of the resources that you can use to keep what God is doing among the nations in front of you. It's very easy. It's free. They have a video and a prayer weekly, and it's sent to your email. And after the video, Derek and Casey will come and share with us. Watch this.